Welcome to the Get to Vet podcast, where we bridge the knowledge gaps in the military transition process so you can focus on what's ahead. Hey there, Get to Vet. Trevor Maxwell here with you, and with me as always is my partner in podcasting, Mike Riggs. Messing around my have, filters. <laughs> I was I was thinking about this. So we got a very special guest today. And so I was going to do a different intro for him. So let me try this here. I've never done this before, but make sure it's all right. Okay. And now joining us for Get to Vet, Earl McFarland. You are silly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, so those of you who don't know Earl, uh, awesome guy. We've been wanting him to come on for a long time. And I think this is going to be a super episode because Earl, uh, I'll tell you, like I'm going to call the episode, this episode, Transition Done Right with Earl McFarland. And so Earl, thanks for joining us. No pressure. And, uh, I didn't record our earlier conversation. Uh, maybe we can go back and re-record that and do a blooper reel or something. But tell us a little bit about yourself, Earl. Um, well, I'm a retired Yeoman Senior Chief. Uh, for those that are non-Navy, that is uh, an E8. Um, yeah, I'm a husband, uh, father, uh, retiree, loving it. And um, I'm a human resource specialist. So um, did human resources in the Navy. Uh, didn't think I would want to do it outside the Navy. Uh, but people like yourself and, and others, uh, really helped me, you know, understand that human resources is what I love to do. And I truly enjoy what I do. I get to help people like I did in, in the Navy. And um, it's, I'm having fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. And so those of you who don't know, uh, I'll tell you the story of how we met. So obviously I've been coaching with the Honor Foundation for a few years now. Mike is a fellow. And that's how I met Earl. Uh, I actually was Earl's coach when he went through and um, me and him just became like instant friends, just sitting there joking around the whole time. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Uh, but, but I wanted to have him on here because Earl is uh, one thing that I think he just did awesome that I think he's done better than anybody else I've ever seen is he just, he really took control of his transition and he went out and, you know, talk about, being a go-getter like he he definitely uh took the high ground and never gave it up always out there networking his ass off creating opportunities for himself and even creating opportunities for others so much so that when he graduated uh the honor foundation his cohort voted him the honor man and so that made me really proud not because i had anything to do with it he would have done it no matter who his coach was but uh i was glad i got to be a part of that and so and, and now we're glad that now that Earl's finally retired, he came on the show to kind of share some of his experiences. Cause you had, you, you had some other stuff to contribute today too. Yeah, I, I did have uh, several things that I, I wanted to uh, contribute um, because the way you can get through transition as smoothly as possible uh, is networking, of course, um, just talking to people, and understanding that it is an experience like anything else. Um, like people will say that, you know, I was successful. So the question is, you know, why, why was I successful? Um, 
I don't say that I was successful. I would say that I responded to the fear and the anxiety and downright desperation because um, let's be honest, bills have to get paid and your family is used to a certain lifestyle. And that lifestyle, uh, what helps that lifestyle is, you know, BAH, BAS, different special pays and different things like that. Um, getting paid uh, on the 1st and the 15th without fail. Um, so they're, they're used to that process. Um, so when you have that, it's funny that I was listening to a comedian uh, a week ago, he was talking about that pressure on your neck. He was talking about it, you know, his uh, his stepfather, and he said he worked so hard to make sure that they had what they needed because he constantly had that pressure on his neck, and he didn't understand it until he became a father and a husband. Um, so, as fathers and wives and and caretakers and people who are taking care of their family, we have that pressure on us constantly. Um, to take care of our families and use that to your advantage and use that as motivation. Well put. Yeah. I'm um, glad you uh, covered it there at the beginning because, you know, I remember meeting you for the first time and it was at the uh, honor foundation and you were, you were extremely nervous, especially about what was about to happen. But I think even as I was a lot, you know, a little bit of skepticism, I've done a, another um, organization's transition program, and this honor foundations is, is I think, unlike any other out there that I know of. And it's one of those ones where, you know, you have to have, you need to buy in. And I think the earlier you buy into it, the more return on your investments you're going to get on the, on the end of it. And, you know, I noticed distinctly, especially the way you tackled it was, you know, nervous at first, but then after that was over, I mean, it's kind of like Trevor and I talk about first time jumping off a plane. You know, the first time you jump, you your vision is probably you can't see more than maybe what you would see out the end of a toilet roll, you know, sticking up to your eyes and, and looking out. And then, you know, by, you know, your maybe fifth or tenth jump, you're actually jumping out and you can see birds flying by underneath you and there may be airplanes over off to, you know, the side or whatever. But you, you know, you get over that and you get used to what you got to do. And you just, and you move out with it. And, you know, I want to say that, like we said earlier, I don't think I've seen anybody take the bull by the horns like you did as at the honor foundation to see what you started with and where you're at now. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad that you, you brought up the honor foundation and about that nervousness because, you know, as an alum, I, you know, I'm still contributing and I still go to the, you know, the cohorts and we just started a cohort recently and I was speaking with some of uh, some of the brothers and sisters there. And that was one of the things that I told them is that, yes, you're going, this is the unknown. It's okay to be confused. It's okay not to know what you're going to do after the military, because for some of them, I think one, one guy was in for 31 years. Uh, he was CMC and it kind of took me back when he said, I don't know what to do next. You know, we look at our leaders as, especially our CMCs and our commanders, like, oh man, they got, they have their stuff together. They know exactly what they want to do. And you don't, you know? Um, so the Honor Foundation was a blessing. <laughs> it was an absolute blessing because I was completely lost before I went to the Honor Foundation. Um, I was confused as soon as I started because, you know, it was a lot of information to take in, but I had a conversation with myself and I decided that I will 
I would put 100% plus more into this. I, I was going to trust the process. And I just knew in my bones that um, it would be an ex a successful experience. It would be, I, I would see success at the end of it. And I was happy to find that success. And so let me define success for me because success for other people could be different. Um, in the Honor Foundation, we talk about the top five. is live where you work, love what you do, love the people you work with, um, uh, make good compensation, compensation money, and what's the fifth one? I'm missing the fifth one. Oh, I said love the people you work with. I don't oh, remember. Work, work, work reasonable hours. Yeah. Work okay, reasonable yeah. hours. And to me, I feel that I got all five of them. Although you, you'll hear people say, oh, you only really have the top three. You have to rearrange. You have to prioritize it. I don't have to prioritize because I, I got everything. I got the job that I, that's incredible. I love what I do. I love the people I work with. My leadership is amazing. Um, I got a chance to find a good job in Virginia. So that means my my children don't have to change schools again. My son uh, throughout my career went to eight schools, you know, and that affects them, you know. Um, so that to me is defining the success of uh, going through, taking advantage of organizations like the Honor Foundation, um, trusting the process because there are people out there like you, Trevor and Mike, um, Janie, um, Stephanie and Ashley, uh, they run the, the Virginia Beach campus. Uh, they put their time, you all put your time uh, and your energy into helping others. The least that we can do is allow you to help us. The least we can do is take on board what you are teaching us and and, and helping us with and, and putting it to good use. Uh, because when we do that, when someone is assisting you and helping you, uh, you will be successful. You know, you would explain to me about um, what you say, you put a bottle on the on the table, you said it's about moving. Can you explain oh, that? Yeah. You can explain so it better. What I said is it's a lot easier to make course corrections. Uh, it's it's a lot easier for me to steer you down the right path when you provide your own momentum. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's because now I'm not pushing you and steering. I'm just you're you're providing the, you know, the movement. I'm just kind of making you face the right direction. And, you know, from a from somebody who does coaching, like that's awesome because I've had people that I've coached before that just weren't really interested in and in chatting or anything like that they just kind of wanted to do it and and it you know i like seeing people that go through the program kind of like you did where you put forth the effort to get the most out of it and actually i got invited to come on last night for one of the virtual cohorts and talk about that and i told him like look two hundred thousand people get out of the military every year you everybody here is part of the point zero 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 one percent of the folks that get to do the honor foundation mm -hmm. so you guys are extremely lucky that you have that because very few people get it i mean there's what is there now like over the last five or six years there's a total of 1500 fellows mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> and there's a... no <clears throat> i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off uh, i i've gone through uh, a few other uh organizations and nothing nothing against those different organizations but Compared to the Honor Foundation, the Honor Foundation are miles ahead, leaps and bounds. I mean, 
what they provide um, with Simon Sinek, Start With Why, the Gallup strength being the base of the curriculum. Um, it is, it's incredible. And now that I'm on the other side as an alumnus and I'm, you know, I see it after the process, it makes me respect it even more because I see you all putting in so much effort. You know, I want to be a coach. <laughs> I've already approached him and said, Hey, put me in because <laughs> I want to, I want to be able to help others as well. Uh, well they because it. it's, it's about, it's a, it starts with a conversation because we all know that uh, cap class, you're not going to get what you need out of it. Um, now that I'm retired, I can, I can say that. <laughs> but you're not going to get everything that you need. It takes organizations like the Honor Foundation, Onward to Opportunity, hire, uh, hire vets, uh, hire heroes, excuse me, hire heroes, different things like that. Um, and you learn that stuff through word of mouth, a lot of times through word of mouth. I mean, we have technology, which I'm going to talk about later about taking advantage of technology. Um, and it's, it's sad that that information isn't part of, you know, the DOD where they offer this information. I'm pretty sure there's legal reasons why, um, but that sucks. Straight up, that just that just sucks that it's not right there where we can can find it, you know, or, or it's given to us. I'll weigh in on that real quick because I, I talk about this a lot. Like, you know, ultimately... The Department of Defense, their their job is to fight and win America's wars. And, uh, you know, it's like how how much of those resources that they have available to them do they really need to dedicate towards people who aren't going to be part of the organization? I know some people might be like, well, that's a messed up thing for you to say, but I, I disagree. Like that's our job isn't to, you know, it, I just I think maybe there's some kind of way of making people better prepared for that transition out of the military throughout their entire career or something. I don't know what that is, but you know, it's really tough for the career guys because this is all they've known for their entire adult lives. And it's like, boom, you're not, you're not that anymore. Um, but you know, part of me is like, I know why they do it the way they do it. It's they're going to do the bare minimum of what's required of them by Congress to meet, you know, it's, the minimum stand. We always said that in dive school. Like if you're just doing the minimum standard, you're whatever. Uh, that's ultimately that's what it comes down to. It's like they only have a finite amount of resources to do this. And I don't, I don't question the dedication of the people that are there. It's just they they're limited in what their their scope and scale. So, yep, I I totally agree. And when we're in, we push ourselves to the limit and beyond. And if we don't, you kind of feel like you're a dirtbag. Well, on the lines of that, I <laughs> will move on and say, um, you have to treat your transition like it's a full-time job. Um, yeah, like for me, I love being a scene chief. I love leading my sailors. I love mentoring and developing my junior officers. I love advising the senior officers. However, I stopped all that. I stopped focusing on the sailors. I stopped focusing on the mission. And I focused on my family and myself because I had an understanding that the Navy was going to continue without me. I am not a single point of failure. <laughs> we are not going to lose any wars because Earl McFarlane is, is not in the office doing evaluations and, and, and chopping awards and stuff like that. Um, I spent less time at the command and I spent more time going to medical appointments, working on my resume, 
building my LinkedIn profile, giving everything that I had to the Honor Foundation um, as a thank you to the people like you all who put give your all to us. Um, I took all those opportunities and I put them to good use. And um, and I appreciate the, the nonprofits that are out there that are helping veterans find jobs, uh, helping with you know mental health and different things like that. Um, you have to start early. Um, I think two years is a good time. I remember talking to my dad, who's also a, a retiree from the Army uh, about 20 years ago. And he said, son, your mark is, I want to have a conversation with you at 18 months out. And he started breaking the different things down. And it just blew my mind. But I learned early to listen to my dad. So <laughs> I started early. And uh, throughout that process, <clears throat> I made sure that I stayed organized. You have to stay organized because so much information is coming to you from so many different directions um, that you can kind of get lost in the sauce, as they say. You can kind of drown in the information. Um, I like to keep things simple. I drew a simple uh, timeline and I went all the way to the right and I put my retirement date and I just backed it up, you know, skill bridge. When, when was I going to um, take my terminal leave? When was I going to do job hunting, house hunting? You know, um, what does it look like from a, you know, a overview, high level uh, picture <clears throat> when you step back and you look at it? If that's the way your mind works, do it. If you're a spreadsheet, Excel type of person, then guess what? Open up Excel and, and, and start putting in the data and the information and whatever works for you, but dedicate that time. Um, budget, build a budget. Um, I always recommend people leave out your retirement and, and, and your disability because one, your disability, you're not really going to know until you get it. And retirement, yeah, they have all those calculators. I even paid for an app. I don't know why I did that. Um, but you really, you know, you really don't know until you know. Um, use the technology to your advantage. Um, like there are people that don't know that there's a LinkedIn integration with Microsoft Word. If you start typing a resume in Microsoft Word, it will pop up saying hey, you're typing a resume and have LinkedIn on the side. So for I'll give you an example of that, how that works. As a yeoman, one of my duties was uh, command indoc. So command indoc, you have a new sailor come in, you set up a schedule to kind of integrate them into the into the command. They meet the command officer, CMC, uh, the key, key people in the command. Well, on the civilian side, it's called onboarding. I said, okay. So I typed in onboarding and it gave me examples to put in my resume. Now, granted, you're not going to copy and paste it, uh, but it will give you an idea and help, help you understand, oh, this is what I did in the military. This is what the uh, private sector equivalent is doing. This is what they call it. I did all those things. We just said it was different. You know, we say employees and we say sailors. We, um, we say other words that, that translate differently into the civilian world. So uh, use that technology to your advantage. And Google is your friend. Oh, my God. It is your friend. Immerse yourself into the process. Do not depend on your admin personnel office. You can ask them about the process. Um, asking questions not only help you understand, but help them re remember things. Um, I was a yeoman senior chief, so my job was telling people the process, and I missed things for myself. <laughs> and quick story as an example of something um, that's missed or um, understanding that people make mistakes. 
the survivor benefits uh, plan, SBP, I had declined um, that uh, SBP. However, I see my retirement check and boom, the money is coming out for it. I said, I know my DD2656 form. Let me pull that up because I keep records on everything. And lo and behold, it says right there and I got it notarized. My wife signed it. Um, then I get a letter in the mail from DFAS and it said, we never received your DD2656. Talked to a friend of mine who's a personnel specialist chief. And she said, well, you weren't supposed to get a retirement check because, you know, the 2656, that tells DFAS what state you're, you're going to be living in. So that covers the taxes. Uh, they're not just going to use whatever bank account you had your active duty pay going to because you may want it to go to a different uh, bank account. So that's a blessing and a curse because the blessing is they never received it. I still received my retirement pay. The curse is now I have to do this process after the fact to try to get this fixed. And um, having that understanding of the process, and Trevor, you actually helped me with it. I, there are certain things that I just forgot about. You have X number of uh, a period of time um, if you elect SBP to uh, rescind that election. Um, so well, that happened to me too. It? Like mm -hmm. I, I opted out and they still were taking premiums out. So I had to, mm -hmm. I had some experience with that. <clears throat> yeah. So double check everything and get on every website you can find. DFAS, TRICARE, um, search out groups on Facebook, read, read, read. Find a checklist. USAA has a checklist. <laughs> so there are checklists out there. And you it's not that you have to use one or the other. Look at all of them. Combine them. Make your own checklist. Um, understand that people make mistakes. You know, prepare yourself. Um, get on the DFAS website and, and, and the retiree page um, and read everything that you can so you have to understand it because you have to do your own research. You cannot expect anyone to do, you can't expect anyone to do everything for you and never assume that it's going to be right. You know, um, it's not about hurt feelings. This is about your pay and your ability to take care of your family afterwards. Um, and again, people, you know, people make mistakes. It's about like, for example, the, one of the difficult parts was trying to find a VSO rep. And that's a veteran service organization representative. And luckily, Trevor, you helped me with that. Uh, but not everyone has a Trevor Maxwell in their lives. <laughs> not everyone has a, you know, the Honor Foundation. Um, so, you know, doing that research and Googling and, and talking to people, that will help you um, through your transition. You know, I think a lot of what you're talking about, too, you know, when you do it all kind of through the blueprint, you, you know, start two years out or, you know, 18 months out, hopefully, it it allows you to buy down a lot of risk once you retire, you know, once you, if you get all your ducks in a row and your retirement stuff is hopefully scored away, which you actually helped me with mine to light a fire. Cause my admin kind of, I would argue to say it was malicious and not submitting mine, but I was not the only one because I, if it was just me, it would, I would say negligence versus malicious because it wasn't just against me. There was four or five other people that, that, uh, shop failed to submit their, um, all the required paperwork for, and it was, you know, some folks were delayed in getting their D214 like three or four months, which I find is absolutely ridiculous. But, you know, I can't imagine, you know, having to be in a, that person's shoes and trying to figure out the what's next, you know, and, and I would think that would be awful stressful, not only on, like you were talking about earlier, the things that you're expected to do to maintain that, that lifestyle, 
no, nobody wants to get out of the military and move from, you know, even if it's three bedroom base housing and move into a freaking trailer because somebody, you know, jacked their stuff up. You know, if once you, if you look at these checklists and you do it the right way, or at least close as right as you can get to it, then you're not really rushing to failure for the next career. And you can kind of, you know, work towards the, the things that interest you, the, the what's next, the, you know, the Clifton, the Gallup strengths that, you know, that, that we go through now on our foundation, finding your why and that, that type of thing. You know, I made, I don't think I made a mistake. I was kind of, I got hired for my first gig and that was something I was passionate about, but it never came to fruition for the organization I was working with. And then I got assigned to something else, which I quickly found out that I was not passionate about. And I was also working from home and that would been, that'd been about a year between my skill bridge and working from home. And that was quickly meeting its expiration date, like the milk in my refrigerator. And, and I found that that was, that's not for everybody. It's for some people and I can do maybe a hybrid, but I cannot solely work from home because I met one Booz Allen employee or not, I guess we could probably edit that out, but um, I met one, or you can just look at my LinkedIn. It's not a secret. Uh, I met one Booz Allen employee the entire five months that I, I worked there and it was for about an hour and 15 minutes. And that, that just wasn't for me because, you know, you spend, you know, or we earlier talking about the 31 year CMC Well, I was the 30 year CMC that I really didn't know what the hell I want to do. Um, I know the job I'm doing now, the folks I'm working for and working with, I love that job. It's a lot of fun. Um, but you know, it takes a little bit. I was a statistic on the way to getting there. So, um, but like you were saying earlier, you know, like we keep, we state it quite often on here, the folks that rush to failure, the ones that think they, they have it all squared away and you see it every now and then you'll see those folks that won't talk to their coach. You'll see the folks that cups of coffee and why the hell am I doing that? That's a waste of time. I know what I'm doing, you know, and maybe the, I would say, I'd educate guests to say at least half or more than probably 75% of those folks who decide to attack transition like that are probably ones that we won't ever hear from again because they're too afraid to admit that they weren't proud enough to uh, just have a little bit of humility and understand they don't know what they don't know and do what folks are telling them, doing what their mentors are hopefully telling them and, and helping them along. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it, when you do it right, it is so much easier, you know, once your VA is done and your retirement's done and you've done the networking and you've, you've done your resume and, you know, you've polished your interviews and it, it's just, it, it is so much less stressful, even though you may not know what the hell you want to do. Mm -hmm. What did we learn from the, the honor foundation that is the, the average time that a veteran spend at their first job, is nine months. And Trevor, you said the number of retirees each year, that is mind boggling. When you really think about it, all of those people in the average is nine months. And uh, so, and I've spoken to people where, you know, gone through the process and they got the job. And next time I talk to them, they're working somewhere else. I'm like, well, bro, how did, how did that happen? <clears throat> and, I, and I understand. Um, it's a, I think it, like the last I had heard, it was something like around 40% leave their first job within the first year and then 80% leave within the second year. And that's, I mean, that's, you know, 
not everybody hits a home run on their first at bat. Like I worked at a place that I really liked uh, my first couple of years out of the Navy. But, you know, for me, I left, I was this statistic, right? I left right around my second year. I just kind of felt like I had plateaued and I'm like, okay, I need to go somewhere else. Cause that was my thing anyways. Like I need to go somewhere where I'm challenged, where I'm a new guy, where I don't know shit again. And I have to build myself up. I just think that that's going to be good for my mental health. And, um, you know, so I did it. I'm like, okay, I feel like I plateaued here. Now I need to go somewhere else where I can take everything that I've learned here to the next level. And, you know, so there's different reasons for it. Some people don't like where they're at. They just, you know, it wasn't a good fit or whatever, but you know, there's nothing wrong with that either. It's just, and and I tell people that too, like, Hey, here's the thing about when you get out of the military, if you don't like your job, you can quit. Like right. you can get a job and the very next day you can say, Hey, uh, you know, I didn't know I was going to come work with you guys, but uh, I decided I'm not going to do that. Uh, exactly. Exactly. There, there's no loyalty in the private sector. Um, <laughs> you, you pursue your dreams. You do what makes you happy. Like we learn discovering your why. Um, for me, I love helping people. I love seeing people, people succeed. That's why I do the job that I do. Um, my title is director of employee success. And guess what? I have to be out there, you know, with the employees (laughs) helping them. So there, you have to decide what you want. If work from home works for you or versus, you know, in office, I have to be in office. Some people, they love working from home. They, they can get more done. They, they say it's less distraction. Uh, me, I get my, I'm a, I'm my first, my number one gallery strength is woo, winning people, uh, winning, uh, others over, um, I could translate that into an extreme extrovert. Um, so as an extrovert, I get energy from interacting with people and talking with people. Um, but you touched on the mental health piece, and, and, and I'm, I'm a big advocate of mental health, uh, especially for, you know, in the military. And, and the transition, that's one thing that you have to keep in the forefront of your mind is your mental health, because it is going to be uh, so much stress, so much anxiety. Um, you don't know what's to come as much as you prepare you 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 can't predict um what will happen how you would land where you would land um there's the difference between the front door and they say the back door the back door is the networking piece which i'm going to speak on a little bit more <laughs> but the front door um i even had an excel spreadsheet where it was a job tracker in, and i went through the linkedin i went on different websites i put in applications i submitted my resume uh cover letters customized cover letters for each position, uh, customized my resume for each position. So it got up to 30 something uh, job, jobs I had uh, applied for and it was denied, 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 denied. You know, those emails were coming in and that could be a big blow to your mental health because you know how well you did the military. You know you had the respect, but we walked around with our resume on our chest. Everyone knew when the, the commander walked in, the CO walked in, uh, you stood up and, and yelled attention on deck. We knew who he was and what he did. They knew we as chiefs and senior chiefs and master chiefs, they knew what we did um, just by the uniform that we wore. But after you retire, it's like you're a nobody. Um, they don't know. And some people don't care. You can go in and say, I was, I was a command master chief. Okay, well, thank you for your service. What can you offer us? You know, <laughs> what, how can you help our business grow? 
And, uh, and if you're not able to answer those questions, then you're in trouble. You know, you have to understand um, that the military is the past. There are some people that they can't let it go. And I kind of feel sorry for those folks, you know, and uh, you'll see, not saying everyone, but I'm just speaking specifically of a brother I had a conversation with. I said, uh, he said, hey, man, I, I see you having a lot of activity on your LinkedIn. Um, you have over 500 connections and you know people are reaching out to how did you do it um and can you help me i said sure first thing take down your uh your picture in your uniform and he was like oh bro you know how hard it took me to make mass chief this and that i said okay but you're not mass chief anymore you know take it down put on a suit and a shirt uh go out there take your iphone and put it on portrait mode and take a picture and post it there you go um, some people, they have a hard time to let the military go with the military jargon. I'm a chief. I'm a chief. No, you're not. Not anymore. In your heart, you are. <laughs> I respect that. But when you are trying to get that job and take care of your family and make that money, um, it's time to take the anchors off. It's time to take the uniform off and understand that you are Trevor. You are Earl. You know, um, you are a different person. You have an opportunity to be reborn. You know what I'm saying? You could take those skill sets that you have and explain to a company, this is how it will help your company because I'm good in ABC. You know, we went from saying we to now you have to start saying I. And that's very hard <laughs> because yeah. we're always taught that team mentality. How can, mm. even when we used to go for sale of the quarter, sale of the year uh, uh, boards, um, we would tell them, don't say I, it's about the team, how you help your sailors, you know, with their upward mobility and different things like that. And now you have to be kind of selfish and say, no, I did all that. And, uh, and that's okay. Um, don't let the resume scare you. It is, it is very scary. I'm gonna be honest with you. If it wasn't for the honor foundation, <laughs> you remember we sat down at for a cup of coffee and I just had that fear in my eyes and you say, Hey, it's not, it's not that bad. Let's take a look at it. And open up a laptop and we got the work. And it was just about, translating your skill set uh into into civilian language to the private sector language um but there are people that respect our military service uh, but some of them are intimidated by it because if you think about it we can walk into a business and we can do the job of three or four people and we won't complain you know i think that's one of the things that um, especially right now that's mean. huge yes yeah, very huge very huge um I think that's one of the things that, you know, my manager likes about me is that I'm just, you know, give it to me. What, what do we need to do? Okay, easy. What are we complain about? Let's go. You know what I mean? Um, but you, you, you see people that will struggle with that or it takes them a while to do a task or whatever. And we come in and it's just done. What, what else? What do you mean? <laughs> you know? Uh, and that can be intimidating. So keep that in mind as well. Um, I've had people who've retired. Uh, years past say that uh, we say hey man you got to kind of tone that down uh, because you can have someone that's senior to you or have have the ability to let you go and they can be intimidated by you i'm not trying to put fear in anyone but um just know that you will take one hat off and you're putting on another hat and you have again a chance to be reborn that's it i think the freight and i'm probably said it to you too is like i'm always like hey i never let what i used to do for a living define who i am it's a part of me. Like I'll never forget it. And, you know, I got to live my dream job, but that's not, that's not who I am. It's what I used to do. 
And it's, um, you know, I have a lot of perspective that I've taken away from that, but now I'm, you know, you said that too. Like, I, I think I said that like, yeah, that's great. I know, you know, I was senior chief Maxwell and all this, but now I'm not. And, exactly. and I knew that I was like, yeah, I got to be able to let that go because, mm-hmm. and I know Mike and I, like Mike and I worked together for a significant portion of our careers and we could probably, I could describe a guy and I'll bet you he could tell you who it was just guys that we've mm-hmm. seen that got out and did that. And, and, you know, they get out and act like they're all oh, these guys are blah, blah, blah. And we're just like, shut up, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was one of the reasons why I didn't want to get uh, a government job or work for the government after I retired. <clears throat> I wanted to have that separation. I wanted to have that clean break. I didn't want to sit in a in an office trading war stories uh, all day. Um, with me, I wasn't even going to, you know, I didn't have a retirement ceremony. Um, I wasn't even going to have a shadow box to one of my CFCs. He retired about seven years ago. Uh, he actually made my shadow box. We had a conversation and uh, he said, you deserve it. And he explained why. Uh, and I got it. I'm looking at it right now in my home office. And I'm happy that I that I got it. But I can go up and look I can look at it and then walk out and go <laughs> go to work <laughs> as a civilian. It is know? nice. Like, I, yeah. you know, I remember you sent me a picture of it. One of these days, I'm going to get one. Actually, a, a guy that I think Mike and I will one day have on the show, too. I'm going to ask him to build it for me. But uh, well, okay. have him have him build too because I haven't done yeah. mine either. Well, both. Oh, okay. We can we could get like a heart like those necklaces, <laughs> and you can put them together. I like it. Or oh, maybe like a West, the state of West Virginia, or something. Yeah, I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> that sounds sweet. That sounds sweet. Um, oh, I want to say something before we jump to another thing. You know, the funny thing you talked about the going back into government. I said the same thing. I said the exact same thing. I said, I'm not, I'm going to try to get away from defense the best I can. And I eat my words um, because I I am on the contracting side. And, you know, the contracting side is different than the the GS side, the the government civilian side, a little bit. There's, There's definitely things that they get to do we don't get to do. And there's things that we get to do that they don't get to do. I may have said the same thing twice. I'm not sure. But uh, anyway, it's different. You know, and I said when I went to my first gig, it was government related, but it was definitely orbited way outside of the at the client site, I would say, because now now I'm at the client site and I think there are there are things to be said about, you know, I basically do something very similar to what I used to do on the operational side, which was for me a long, long time ago. But. I still get to be a little bit ornery and, and do things that I get to think outside the box and strategically and connect the dots and, and do those types of things that I, the kind of the things that I somewhat liked to do with my old job on the operational side, except they don't ask me to jump out of planes and shoot guns and blow things up and go diving anymore. Um, but the, the side of that, it, it, it pays very well. You know, we talked about the five things earlier that Honor Foundation puts out, and and I think I hit quite a few of them with this one. I'm not, I'm definitely not satisfied with just the two, you know. And I think the other thing is too, and I'm I'm transparent as can be when I talk to the folks when I start working with them. Hey, man, 
I do this job because I like to do it, not because I have to. I don't have to. Um, but I just want, you know, want to let you know, as long as I'm here, I'm all in, you know. So, um, you know, I, so I don't want people to take away and, and uh, you know, don't let your pride. Uh, and I'm not saying you. I'm just saying this in general. Don't let the the things like I said earlier, because I it did get in my way a little bit, you know. But then I found a job that I really don't have to retrain on. It pays extremely well. I get to have a lot of fun, in my opinion. I get to still go to work. That was a big thing with me. I get to go to a client site and still interact with people. Um, I get to, you know, I get to make fun of people that I work with, and we have great banter because it's still very similar to where I used to work. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of the, you know, and looking back, I mean, I've been almost retired now. In 14 days, I've been retired a year. And if you'd ask myself last year where I'd be now, I'd tell you you're full of shit. I'm going, I'm definitely going anywhere but there. But I will say I absolutely enjoy what I'm doing now. So it's 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 to each their own. I say. It's funny that you mentioned that because I, I said I do not want to go into human resources and I got the job that I, I have now, which I absolutely love. I just want to put that out there again um, through a cup of coffee. And Trevor, you linked me with uh, who's now the VP of sales at the company I work for. And I met up with them at a coffee shop in downtown Norfolk. And at the time, I said I wanted to go into sales. You know, my number one Gallup strength is woo. I'm an extreme extrovert. I can sell anything, right? And as that conversation was going on, he interrupted me uh, and he said, I don't think sales is, is for you. Like, yeah, you'll do well at it. But everything that you're talking about is human resources. Um, and I know someone. I'm going to link you up with this person. And it was the VP of HR at the company. And I had a virtual cup of coffee with her. Then she called me in. Um, I talked with her. It, it could have been maybe an hour we talked. We talked for a while. And she invited me to come back. And the second time I went to the company, I found myself in the boardroom at a table with all the execs, including the CEO and I didn't know at the time, but the CTO and the co-founder uh, was sitting right beside me. And I'm sitting there, I'm writing conspicuous notes. I have no clue what they're talking about. They're talking about intelligent process automation and all about this. And I have no clue, but I'm writing notes now. <laughs> and um, and it was, a, it was a great experience because, and I tell people this, um, I told them, I said, I walked in there like I belonged. Not that I deserve to be there because that's just being cocky. but I had enough confidence to, I guess, express, they saw that, yeah, I, I belong here. I want to be here. This is a company that I want to want to work for. And, um, you know, they gave me an offer and it was a great offer and I accepted it. Um, but I just say that I was, I was blessed and lucky and everything else all rolled into one because it worked out for me. But that's because I went after it. You know what I mean? Um, one of the things, whenever a cohort starts with the Honor Foundation, and I, I talk to the new new folks, I say, extroverts help the introverts out, but it's it's not our responsibility to help you, you know, reach your goals. 
Uh, people use introversion as an excuse. When I say, you know, when my mom say, closed mouths don't get fed. If you're quiet, you're going to starve. And the number one motivator to get someone moving is hunger. So think about that. <laughs> you don't want to starve. So network, talk to people. There are so many people that just want to help others, um, especially people who had others help them. And we just want to give back. You know, like, for example, Mike, what, what motivates you? And I, same question for you, Trevor. What motivates you to take time out of your busy schedule as professionals to help others go through the transition? You've been out for a year. Why do you help? Because uh, I think, you know, I, I did a lot of that, I think, in my career. At least I feel like I hope or I, I, hope I had some impact on, on the way people uh, made decisions or my advice, hopefully help them out in their Navy career. And I think for one, this keeps us connected. At least it keeps me connected within the veterans, you know, the guys I serve with, men and women I serve with and gaining, you know, the different perspectives and the knowledge that you can continue to build and, and hopefully pass on their lessons learned, your lessons learned. And I think mentally to me still, you know, I think the sense of service I don't think you leave that at the front gate when you leave. I think you should still, you know, find a way to continue to give back as you, you know, from if it may be a year from now or maybe five years from now, I would still, you know, always hope that I'm open to help anybody out that's starting transition. You know, maybe they've been out for a year because at that point in time, I'd been out, you know, I'll have been out for a year or whatever it may be, you know, I, I still actually had a guy I worked with in uh, Sigonella in 1994 to 97, call me up, uh, text me the other day, asked for, ask me for a point of contact for something I'd talked to him about maybe three or four months ago. So just to help folks, because it's, you know, I think there are folks that have done transitions better than all of us have done. Uh, but I think we're, we did a pretty daggone good job because I think we're all in pretty good spots. And I would really, you know, probably not all those folks sitting out there at the stoplight that are holding the homeless veterans signs are probably veterans. Maybe they are. But, you know, I don't want to see the true folks that are had served and had done a lot of time for their country and, and sacrificed the shit they had to sacrifice, especially the ones that were doing the shit that we've been doing for the last 20 years. I would really hate to see them find themselves in that spot. And we've seen folks from you know, recently mental health issues for our guys that arguably were untreated before they separated or failed to get it afterwards. You know, that, that bothers me a lot. You know, the suicide thing is always looming in our communities with folks that uh, just decide that's the only way out. And that, that just crushes you, you know, because we made it, you know, we've said this before on podcasts, you know, you, you finally make it through all the way to the end and then you got guys that are dying young of cancer or they're, they're committing suicide and things like that. So I think just having this forum and be able to give back. Absolutely. I would do, I'd do this all day long. Yeah. I, you know, I, I say it all the time, vets love help, helping other vets. And I guess like the, the libertarian in me would say like, Hey, look, man, we, these guys deserve better than what the, the bare minimum of what the, what's required of the department of defense by Congress. Right. And so I, I like being part of that. Cause guess what? I get an, a, an immense amount of personal satisfaction when I have somebody reach out to me that say, Hey, 
I like listening to your podcast. Like I've learned a lot of good stuff. You guys helped make my transition easier. And, you know, that was kind of me. Like, uh, you know, I say it all the time. Like I, I passed up several six figure contracting jobs to go do something that I thought was more fulfilling. Like that's kind of like the, the top priority of me. And I think part of that's too, is, you know, me having a boss is just tough. Mike knows. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's just my, my personality type. I can, like, I can do it. It's just, uh, you know, I think I'm a little, I'm a peacock. You gotta let me spread my wings. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just something I enjoy doing, right? I get to hang out. I get to talk with guys like you and, and, you know, Mike and I still, we still get to go watch Mountaineers games once in a while and drink beers and, and talk shit about stuff. But that, that's how this whole podcast started, actually. You know, seven tall boys into a game. And uh, we were, I think what happened was we were both just like, dude, I was severely disappointed, be, you know, from what we get as we're getting out. That's, that's really ultimately, go listen to the very first episode. We even talk about, we tell the story of it. Like, hey, this is why why we're doing this right and uh it's been great too like i have a lot of people that have reached out to me and said like yeah i i tell people to check your podcast out you know and it gives you know i like the other benefit of like hey we get to have um have other people come on here and and tell their stories and share their experiences and that's just kind of part of that that whole community aspect of it so uh i i love that stuff and you know, for the time being, John McCaskill, one of the, the early guests on here, he always said like, hey, man, keep doing it until you don't enjoy it anymore. And I haven't stopped enjoying it yet. Yeah, the oh. funny thing is we go to Little Creek or at least I, I, that's where I work at now. And I walk into the exchange or somebody sees me that, that knew me from my past days. Nobody talks to me about any of that stuff I did in the past. They don't care what I did in D.C. They don't care you know, the commands I worked at or the positions I had, everybody talks about this. It's funny. That's when, oh, hey, that episode you had with so-and-so or, you know, I took your advice on this and, you know, that that's all I need for sure. That just, that fuels a thousand more episodes for me, just getting that feedback. It's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad y'all had the seven tall boys and decided to do this. Um, because it's it's a wealth of information. Um, I re specifically I remember listening to one of the episodes and a guy talked about a health benefit benefits advisor. And I looked at my checklist and the checklist I had didn't have it on there. Um, so listening to that podcast, I knew to go to uh, the Little Creek base, where to find that person. So I was asking questions, and then boom, I got all the information I needed. I knew I needed TRICARE, uh, uh, I needed health insurance afterwards. I knew I needed dental insurance and um, then understand about how long SGLI lasts afterwards and TRICARE. But that person's job is to help you understand and, and break all that down. And all that started was because I listened to an episode of your podcast and it started me on that path. And I was able to hit those checks in the box. After I got my ID card, <laughs> I called. That was the first call I made. He said, call as soon as you get the ID card. Well, so. hopefully somebody will, will do the same thing after listening to this episode, too. And I know we're, get, we're getting kind of short on time here, but I wanted to tell, like, one of my favorite stories about you, Earl, like, when you were going through your transition. And, and one of the things that I think 
made you super successful. It was at the net at a networking event. And I see this all the time. And I post, talk about it on LinkedIn a lot. Like when you go to these networking events, you're there to network. It's not a middle school dance. You don't stand around with all the people you already know and, you know, just talk about stuff. Like you're there to go out and meet new people. And pretty much everybody in your cohort talked about that. You were going out making friends with everybody there. And then when you got done, you were taking the next step and you were introducing all those people you had just met to all the people that were standing around like, you know, not networking. You were forcing them to network. And I was like, that is, yes, that, that is what we need. Like we need more people to do that, to take that initiative. And, and, you know, the, the fact that you saw somebody else not doing what they were supposed to do and you were just like, Hey, I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to introduce you to this person and force you to network. Cause that's why we're here. That's my includer uh, Gallup strength. And that's in my top five as well. <laughs> yeah. But that, that networking event was very nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I met some very interesting people there. And um, one, actually, uh, I had a cup of coffee um, with him afterwards. And I found out later on that he had already talked to, by the time he had a cup of coffee with me, that he had spoke with his HR. It was like, I want, want to make this guy an offer. But I had already accepted the offer <laughs> with the company I'm with now. But you see how that networking event, taking advantage of that situation, just talking to people, because when it, bottom line when it comes to jobs they people just want to work with people they're going to get along with they want people that they you know it's like can i work with this person every day it doesn't really matter what you know because you can always learn the hard skills uh a lot of times the soft skills is what gets you in the door the soft skills is what gets that offer um sent to you you, you know what i mean um so learn hard skills that's attainable the soft skills it's just you being you and you is the only person that's going to help you be successful. Yeah. Actually, I think we had this conversation before we had a guest on here, uh, Harrison Bernstein, who's uh, his organization soldiers to sidelines has become hugely successful. And I'm, I'm glad that, you know, good for him, but he always said high human skills. And I was oh, like, high oh, human I like skills. that. I like right. That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's good. Good. Yeah, well, Earl, I appreciate you. I'm glad we finally got to get you on here. And, um, you know, I'm sure we could probably sit here and tell a bunch more jokes now and stuff and laugh for the next hour. <laughs> but, uh, I'm going to make sure you're not recording, though. <laughs> no blooper reel. <laughs> yeah. So any, any uh, other last parting bits of wisdom that you wanted to throw out there before we hop off? Um, I will repeat what I said earlier. Treat it like it's a full-time job. Um, it'll be good that you could retire or separate and take six or seven months or a year off to yourself. Um, that would be great. A lot of people are not in the position to do that. And if you're in that category, then treat it like it's a full-time job and don't stop until you get what you want. And everything is negotiable. Everything is negotiable. Ooh, yeah, that's a good point. So, Well, Earl, we appreciate you coming on here and, and spending some time with us. And uh, I'm sure we'll probably have you on again eventually. We'll do like a, a bigger, maybe like a group show or something. And uh, where, where, what's the best place for people to contact you if they want to reach out? Um, you can find me on my LinkedIn. 
uh, page, um, but it's full of spam yeah. now. So uh, another way you can reach me is through email earl.mcfarlane at gmail.com. That's uh, E-A-R-L dot M-C-F-A-R. L-A-N-D, as in doll. No, I didn't notice I didn't say Delta. Yeah. <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, right. If you have any questions, um, as you've heard through this episode, I absolutely love helping people. I will respond to your email. Reach out. I don't care if it's 100 emails come through. I will respond to 100 emails. I only right, ask so that you pay it forward. Everybody email Earl. <laughs> let's go. Let's do it. All right. Well, we appreciate it, buddy. And I'm glad we got to chat with you and we'll talk again soon. All right. Great Thank talking, you. Earl. Thanks, man. Thanks, brother. Thank Take you. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Get to Vet podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and follow us on LinkedIn. If you'd like to come on the show, email us at Mike or Trevor at gettovet.net. That's get, the number two, vet.net. And let us help you get to vet.